0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching, and with me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, and all-around incredible person, Jen Weibor. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. Hey, Ben
1: good yeah
0: yeah all right yeah you know okay you, you can't lie on this podcast adulting yeah a- not, adultings right a then that's not good that sucks yeah zero out of five stars would not recommend adulting yeah i saw you uh, into the
1: cabin though that i did
0: lovely. yeah we were up in the mountains this weekend uh, experienced a little bit of snow um which was interesting it's really too bad because yesterday was just a spectacular day there mm-hmm. and of course we Packed everything up and Jump came up. back home. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to get some more crappy weather for those of you that don't know Jen and I and our guests all live on the front range of Colorado. So uh, we've kind of learned to accept that uh, March and April are the snowiest months here and we're expecting a big spring storm here this week. So welcome back to the show. Although for those of you that are relatively new listeners or viewers, Uh, We determined it had been almost three years since our guest last made an appearance. So welcome back eventually to the show, Devin Schloffman. Hey, Devin.
2: Hi, Adam. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. And of course, we all got to chat a little bit before we uh, went live and started recording. And I think the general theme here is that uh, growing old and being an adult uh, just kind of sucks. It's, it's just yeah. not recommended. Mm-hmm. If you guys are out there and you can stay 10 years old forever, I highly suggest uh, that you do that. Yeah, so, Devin, um, coming up on three years here since we've had you on the show is a long time, particularly as an adult. particularly over the course of the majority of the pandemic, certainly in real estate, certainly as a parent. You have had all kinds of shit going on in that time frame.
2: I have. You've
0: you've had another child, in fact.
2: I did. I did. I had another baby. I switched brokerages.
0: Whoa, that's big.
2: Yeah, switched brokerages. I sold my own home. I sold my home. I bought a home in Florida. It's been a busy three years.
0: Wow. Um, So there's some pretty exciting stuff in here. And I don't know that we will necessarily lull our audience that's here for lead gen and team structure and all the things that Just the Tips is about with a repeat of motherhood. Sure. Uh, I'll bet a lot of them have done it, but they have done it or are doing it. And but there are a lot of things in that list that you just rattled off that are really big. You changed brokerages.
2: I did about eight weeks ago. I oh went,
0: shit. This is brand new to you.
2: Yeah, real okay. new. Real new. So
0: where just, were you and where did you go?
2: So I was with Exit Realty Kay. prior. And I had been with them my entire career up until about eight weeks ago. And I switched over to EXP.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
2: That is where I hang my hat. All right. So
0: obviously, there's a lot of chatter about EXP. There is, and just like anything else that goes on on the interwebs, you really only hear about the bad. You never really hear about the good, right? We, as humans, we suck at writing positive reviews for establishments that we've worked with, other people, that kind of thing. But we are, you know, first in line to write a negative review of shit is bad. So, obviously, I wouldn't say I've ever heard anything bad about eXp. Um, There's just kind of this running joke about the recruiting and, uh, you know, memes like, you know, somebody walks up to the urinal. Hey, are you you a realtor? Yeah, cool. Me too. I'm with eXp. What brokerage are you? You know, how do we recruit you? Whatever the case may be. Um, I remember eXp in its early days. And, Jen, I think we actually had Aaron Lubovic speak at the Mile High Mastermind, and he talked a little bit about eXp and and that was
1: before my time.
0: That was before your time? Yeah. Okay, so probably coming up on four years ago. Wow, maybe five. Five. Five, okay. It'll have to be five, yeah. It'll have to be five years come fall. Yeah. Um, and we knew at the time that the technology was amazing. It was essentially 100% virtual, that you literally could kind of walk through eXp in a virtual world, meetings, files, offices, different locations. What brought you to EXP, Devin? Why make the change? That's It's such a big change. Why make it?
2: It is a big change. And, you know, I don't want to say it's been easy because it's not because my entire life in real estate was with the brokerage and it's been a, a transition. The big reason I wanted things to become a little bit more streamlined in my life and EXP really can do that. It's um, they have it all set, ready to go. If you plug in, you're set. It, it's very, very streamlined. Getting paid is streamlined, plugging all of your contracts in is streamlined. Like literally they've thought of everything to make it uh, an easy process p- for the parts of real estate that I don't particularly enjoy. I like being in front of people. I like showing houses. I like negotiating things. I don't necessarily love handling contracts and technology on the back end of the whole transaction. So for me I wanted something that was super easy, super streamlined and they have achieved that to make it, you know, simple for us to do the parts of real estate that aren't the fun parts. It's not estate. sexy. No, no, it's not. a No, it's not.
0: Okay. It it does have to be done. And obviously we talk a lot about TCs because we talk a lot about team structure. So we talk a lot about operations and how to build up an operations team. And obviously, EXP has a lot of that already in place. They do. Okay. So what have been some of the bigger struggles with the transition?
2: I mean, you just learning another company's expectations out of you, I think, is one of those struggles, you know, just what... What are some of their rules that maybe weren't my rules prior? Um, and just learning those little bits and pieces of it all. I know it's just a learning curve and I'll get over it and it'll be in, behind me in four years and I won't even think about it any longer. But that's always, a you know, no matter where you go, there's going to be some different requirements out of you or expectations out of you. So I'm just learning those. I'm navigating that at the moment.
0: Okay. Well, obviously, our audience is primarily real estate agents, loan originators, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of this kind of thing, this transition, changing companies uh, in the mortgage space, going from retail to wholesale. Uh, you know, we're walking away from our depository to become a broker, whatever the case may be. Give us some red flags. What would you recommend people look out for? What do you think? You know, people should be doing when either considering they're making a change or actually making the change. What kind of thing, what kind of pitfalls did you experience they should avoid? That sort of thing.
2: One, don't do anything in a rush. If you're making a decision, hastily, you're making the wrong decision. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, I understand sometimes you have to because you're in a situation that makes you very unhappy or maybe you're having conflicts. I get that.
0: Company's going out of business.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, sometimes are,
0: you the, have to be hasty.
2: But sometimes, I mean, I think in the back of your mind, you should probably always have an idea of if it doesn't work out here, where do I need to go? And, and you know, I don't think you need to actively be pr- pursuing looking for another brokerage if you're happy where you are but I think you should have that in the back of your mind because you don't know what's going to happen at your current brokerage you don't know who you're going to get into a fight with I mean that is reality or or if they— oh, miss-
0: yes I do it's everybody
2: <laughs> well I mean you just don't know when conflicts are going to arise and so I think you should always have an idea in the back of your head of where you're going to go but I it took me probably six months of considering my options, thinking about what I was looking for. What was I trying to gain in my business and in my personal life that, that, you know, I could achieve by switching brokerages and, and, and what I was looking for. And so I had to consider a lot of pieces to that. You know, I, I, And I didn't need a storefront. So that was like a big piece for me is I didn't need that. I'm very self-sufficient. I am very motivated all on my own. So to me, I was able to look at all avenues of it and consider really what worked for my lifestyle today. And and that's how I made my change.
0: Okay, Devin, we don't have anybody on the show that isn't self-motivated, (laughs) self-sufficient. In fact, Jen and I talk about it a lot because we talk about conference work. Um, She and I speak at conferences and attend conferences on a pretty steady basis. And one of the things that's always kind of bothered us is the prerequisite motivational speaker. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, the people that are spending their time and money at doing good conference work are self-motivated. And we've taken the bits and pieces from all the motivational speakers that we've seen and want to hear. And uh, if you guys organize big conferences, anybody in our audience, you don't need to do the motivational speaker. Your audience is already self-motivated. But that does bring up a good point that EXP or a more remote model like EXP is offering is a good fit. Um, And I think it's important to understand that there are a lot of real estate companies out there, certainly the big flagship models that provide a lot of training and a lot of that is motivational and provide a lot of, oh, how do I put this you know, in-house competition? They want to spark that competitiveness so that people will, again, motivate. And I think that if you don't need that, you might not need them. You don't need all of that um, kindergarten esque type of uh, training, new agents that may very well need. And new agents, if you're a new agent, you're in our audience, please don't take this the wrong way. We know part of the reason that just the tips even came into being is that you don't know what you don't know. You've been through real estate school, you've studied for hours and hours, you've taken examinations, you're working on continuing education and you might know how to write a badass contract and you might know you might very well know how to negotiate an inspection objection but nobody and i mean nobody told you what the job really is it's a sales job it's a lead gen job none of that shit you do not need to know how to negotiate a contract if you don't have any buyers or sellers simple as that you do <laughs> not need to know that shit so the actual job of finding buyers and sellers. And what Devin's describing is that that's, you know, the big piece of it that she likes. The rest of what goes on after that is kind of a byproduct that you could pay somebody else to do. And EXP obviously picks up a lot of that for her. So yeah, take that with a grain of salt. I'm not um, insulting the new agent by any means, you know, that we, you know, have to throw out there that fail in the first two years, 85% in the first five is probably proof positive that we just don't know what we don't know. So that's why we came about was to bridge that gap to help people understand about lead gen and team structure and client retention and technology and social media and on and on. All right, Devin, let's talk about a couple of these things that really do kind of cross the line of personal versus professional. And we know because we know you, that you are well aware that your real estate business is very personal. You already admitted that you made a decision about changing companies to make an impact on your personal life. We know about your business. We talked about it the last time you were on the show and being in certain circles and running with your friends. And this is how we do lead Gen, to begin with anyway. But you mentioned that you sold the house and bought a house.
2: I did.
0: This is is pretty big shit. We know as professionals watching people do this day in and day out that this is stressful. It's borderline traumatic. Um, I'm not sure that my wife and I ever crossed a more difficult path than the last time we moved. Uh, It is not easy. It is not easy.
2: No, and and having three kids live in your home and trying to keep your house show ready (laughs) percent of the time is... Is a struggle. It's not fun. And as a real estate agent, I think it's almost imperative you go through that. I don't want to say on a regular basis because I don't want to move anytime soon, but I think you need to go through it often enough to know the challenges that your clients are facing daily in the process of buying and selling a home, especially when they're doing it at the same time. Yep. So, You know, it does. It puts a lot into perspective. And there were moments when I was, you know, vacuuming my carpets for the 10th time in the last three days to make sure it was perfect. That I really did not enjoy me as an agent hearing me in the back of my head saying I needed to do that. I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't. (laughs) But, you know, I stuck true to my my profession and my knowledge and what I was trying to achieve. And I did it.
0: And you vacuumed the damn carpet
2: every single showing i vacuumed that carpet and um i did it it wasn't fun it was not fun but we did it
0: i jen you would probably know better than i it was fairly recent that we actually talked about and i'm thinking it may have been in a video blog and for those of you we do a weekly blog on called the weekly little tip just a quick tip on something you can be doing to better your business and we talked about do you buy what you sell
1: That was last week's weekly little tip
0: that was last week's weekly little tip that you gotta have that you really have to have a working knowledge of what it is you're involved in in order to be able to give your clients that education we should have a rule devon real estate agents should have to sell and buy every five years
2: i would agree i would 100% agree to that statement and You know, I know we all have to start somewhere, but there nothing drives me more insane in this industry than meeting a real estate agent who rents. That drives me nuts. Well,
0: there's some gray area there, There Um, because I do know plenty of people who are involved rent a primary residence but do own real estate.
2: Uh, I'm talking about the people who rent only. Mm -hmm. Now again, we all have to start somewhere, so I am not mad if your end goal is to buy that's fine but i have colleagues here locally that just want to rent like they sell they actively sell real estate day in and day out and they rent that drives me nuts because you don't know the stresses that go along with the process
0: buying and selling real estate well and i think a big piece of the puzzle right now i hope anyway at least from our perspective is we're constantly trying to educate consumers on how important it is to own, especially today. So if there are people in our audience, your colleagues, people that you're working with that don't own any real estate and are trying to impart the wisdom as to why you need to own real estate, there seems to be some paradox there for sure. But um, I can't stop myself with this particular soapbox. And this is certainly true for all of you in mortgages and real estate and anywhere else in the industries that our voice happens to reach, that our content happens to reach. We are on the cusp of real estate, owning a home, being a luxury item. The only people that are going to be able to do it are the people that can afford luxury items. And I know a few people that own a Ferrari. I'm not one of them. So there are people out there that buy luxury items or people that already own a home own real estate. It can leverage that into more real estate. So I am just terrified for an audience for a younger generation that doesn't understand that if you really aren't interested, fine. But if you are mildly interested and you're really not serious about buying real estate, owning a home anytime soon, you are likely never going to. You're never going to be able to. And I can't I don't know how I could probably express that any better, but if you are not the person that can afford luxury items and you do not currently own real estate, you may never get to own real estate. I mean, that is mind blowing to me, but I think we're in an era where this belief of every generation doing better than the one before it is out. We're done. We're gone. And generations subsequent to ours, are uh, going to have different struggles, including this kind of shit. Okay, Uh, I'm going to get off that soapbox now, because I could do that for... Jen's heard me talk about this, and uh, she's read scripts that I've written on this, and yeah, we're not going to bore her with it. We will not bore our audience with it. Um, Okay, Devin, you also bought a a second home, a vacation property, a short-term rental. Florida, you mentioned. Yes. Tell us
2: about that. Yeah, it's my Third vacation rental property. Okay. Um, and it's in Cape Coral, Florida. Nice. We owned it exactly 364 days before it was hit by Hurricane Ian. So that nice. was really fine. So we got to experience our first hurricane. Um, but it's been great. Been there.
0: Done that. Yeah. Ian was our first hurricane as well. Uh, we've got a house on the South Carolina coast. Nice. Uh, Fortunately, that hurricane had lost a lot of oomph. Uh, when it found our house, it was down to category one. Cape Coral got pounded, to put it mildly. Now,
2: we were we sat in the eye of the storm for four and a half hours for my house.
0: That's a lot of water. Wow.
2: Yeah. We were really, really fortunate because we were not on a canal. If anybody knows how Cape Coral is built, every other street is a canal. Essentially, you can drive your boat all around the city, go to the grocery store, go to dinner, all on your boat. You just park it. Um, but we're not on a canal. So we're one street away from a canal and we did not get hit by the surges. We did not get hit by the water that literally the people directly behind me got hit with. Ooh yeah,
0: okay, that's fortunate.
2: Yes, incredibly fortunate.
0: So how long have you owned the other two? We when, have... when, when did you do this to begin with? Let's go. There.
2: <laughs> um well, about four days before I had my five year old, we decided to contract on a Airbnb. So we purchased a home um, right after I had a baby, which was really not very smart. I had a few other things going on in my life at that moment. But so we've had one for um, five years. We that was right here in Colorado Springs. We own another one in Tempe, Arizona. We will have owned that for four years in July. And then Cape Coral, Florida, we will have owned for two years in September.
0: Wow. Okay. We have an awful lot in common. I had no idea that that path and that time frame and those locations had been so similar. Although uh, one of ours, although probably a more familiar area to you than to a lot of people, even up and down the front range is this cabin we were describing, I think before we went live yep. um, outside of Westcliffe. Yep. So yeah, we do see a lot of Colorado Springs. Drove through it on my way back yesterday as we game out of the mountains but yeah very cool stuff so there's obviously some more advice to impart there you are learning an additional angle of acquiring real estate you are learning an additional angle of investment real estate and this is something although I haven't been good about it in the last couple of few years but again something I really try to impart upon my clients my colleagues, our audiences in general, is that there is so much additional opportunity out there in real estate, not just buying a rental property, but how close are we looking at long term rentals versus short term rentals, those kinds of things. And I'm not gonna lie, we acquire these properties, they essentially pay for themselves. The real estate values aren't unique to your primary residence. We're looking at real estate values doubling every five to 10 years, which is where our cycle is right now. In fact, 10% year over year would be pretty conservative. Then those same benefits appear on top of monthly cash flow, those kinds of things. And I know a lot of people are fearful of that kind of commitment, but I've got news for you guys. I can sell it anytime I want. I want to liquidate the equity and some of it's gone up hundreds of thousands of dollars in the time frame that Devin is describing. Five years. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. I'm tired of owning real estate. I want to invest in something else, but I don't think it's any secret in that time frame, those five years, that it has still been the most productive the most stable the most desired, the highest in demand of all investments available to the american consumer
2: i would absolutely agree all
0: right yeah. so one of the things that i've gotten a bit of a sharp eye for and we've kind of got a bit of a formula when we uh figure out whether or not a property is going to make for a good short-term rental uh, there are a couple of things. We've got a mathematical formula. How many days a month would we have to rent it in order for it to cover the bills? How many days a year are we going to want to use it? And that's, it's, it's a big number. <laughs> it's a, I'm not going to lie. It's a big number or we're, we're picking short term rental properties in a pretty selfish manner that way places we will want to spend time now in retirement, those kinds of things. And the photographs. And this is one that's probably really going to strike a chord with all the real estate agents as I've gotten to, I've been able to develop a pretty keen eye from real estate photography that I can tell if this is somebody's vacation home or short-term rental as it is, which means, and this is held true for all of them, that I'm going to negotiate on all the furniture, all the electronics, all the cookware, the dishware, the, the, the bedding, all of the damn things. Because furnishing a new house is expensive as hell.
2: Oh, so expensive. All
0: right. Well, hit us. Come on. Give us the advice. <laughs> Pitfalls, well, what to watch out for.
2: You know, it's funny. So we actually have different mentalities on that. I don't want to buy somebody's previous short-term rental because, in my opinion, if it was profitable and doing what they wanted it to do. Yeah, they keep it. They'd keep it. <laughs> I actually don't. I look for, you know.
0: Yeah, these were vacation homes. Uh, none of them had been short-term rentals. But yeah.
2: So yeah. So I. But that's a big thing for us. We don't want to buy somebody else's problem. Essentially, if it does, if it wasn't working for them, it's not going to work for us. We're not special that it's magically going to make become profitable when it wasn't profitable for them. Our big thing is we try to pick places, like you said, that we really enjoy. You know, obviously the one here in Colorado Springs, we live here. I don't go to that one, though it came in very handy when we were selling our own property because we ended up living there for two months while our home was Oh,
0: very smart. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it came in very handy, but it's not a place that I like actively go to you know on purpose at least um not that house specifically right and other ones though were in places that we really really enjoy we that we love visiting and we like you. we like the area and we we feel good about being in that area the other piece of it is what is happening in that community is there you know spring training is there mm. a university nearby is there you know big conferences are there you know Football fields, like what is nearby that's going to make that place busy consistently? I don't need it rented every single night. I just need it to be consistent. Something that's going to help me project long term as to what kind of profit we're going to get out of it.
0: That's probably a good thing to uh, understand when we're talking to our clients that are interested in this or uh, to other people, other professionals that want to educate clients on this. Investment real estate is not about making money that day. Mm-hmm. This guy's real estate's a long-term play. I mean, if, if you're a day trader, if you're trading, you know, futures or commodities or securities, by all means, you are looking for the day-to-day, the month to month. Real estate is not that. Mm-mm. So I think it's important that everybody understand that it's a much more long-term view uh, of investing than maybe what a lot of people would want to consider
2: yeah i mean it's an adventure real estate is an adventure no matter what side of the spectrum <laughs> you are right. on lending being a real estate agent the buyer the seller the investor whatever it is it's an adventure but are you achieving the goal that you're trying to achieve that's always what i am think about with every client that I'm working with, how do we achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve for us? You know, for short-term rentals, we had a lot of goals that we were trying to achieve, but we've been able to consistently make that happen. So it's, it's worked out in our benefit and the homes have gained incredible amount of money and equity in that amount of time. Yeah. I also like to look at as a real estate agent, what is happening across our nation and, and where are the pockets that haven't had huge equity increases yet? Are they coming down the pipeline? What does that look like? Can I shimmy in at the right moment and get that house before it takes the, the $200,000 price increase in the next two or three years?
0: Yeah, I think that that's important as well. Um, And I do think attraction, why would people come to the area is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, I I love the baseball reference for Tempe. Obviously, for Florida, it's hurricanes. People love, love hurricanes. Um, That was definitely a weird experience. And we had people at the house, staying at the house at the time. Oh yeah no. and they uh it was uh bike week uh, motorcycle week in Myrtle Beach and we're about 20 miles outside so uh, an actual electronic chopper manufacturer rented at our house Uh, had their trailers and all their electric uh, choppers uh, which was really cool stuff and they kind of kept us posted hey the water's now you know two feet deep in the garage and those kinds of things and then of course the power went out no more cameras no more internet uh those kinds of things and then it took forever for all of that to come back up and it was a, a a project to clean up there's no question when i finally did Make my way out there and deal with that storm surge. But um, yeah, that's uh, uh, an interesting twist to short term rental ownership is uh, dealing with those kinds of things. And subsequent guests were very inquisitive. Hey, is the house okay? Is it still going to be there? Um, You know, are we cool to come down next week? Whatever the case may be. So yeah, definitely a very significant learning experience. I had never, ever had any call or reason to experience a hurricane prior to that.
2: No, I mean, I thought we were good. You know, you everyone talks about them, but you're like, oh, it's not going to happen to my home. And then yeah. we got to own it for 12 months and have it happen to our home. But really, I want to say, like, we were so fortunate in that hurricane because we lost our fence. We lost a couple trees. We lost, like, 50 roof shingles. But there were people literally surrounding us that don't have a home anymore. So I like to acknowledge the fact that we feel extremely fortunate. It could have ended very differently for for our investment in that situation.
0: Yeah, same, same. I would agree with that. And as we discuss every week, certainly before we go live, and Jen, I know you brought it up, we were gonna blast through our allotted time with Devin here in the blink of an eye which we did. But Devin started it. Oh, this, it's it's true. Fault. It's true. She mentioned these three things. I wanted to talk about them. That's why we're here. Um, true. So yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Devin. Maybe next time, three, year, three more years, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll get you back on the show and we can uh, laser focus a little bit more on your phenomenal real estate business.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that. You know, I'm always available.
0: Now, this is good stuff. And we did cover some important topics today. Changing companies is always going to be a big one. And then, yeah, I think real estate agents, mortgage originators having experience selling and buying homes. And I think from an investment standpoint, I think covering some short-term rental content was also really, really valuable. So thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, uh, brought up those few items because, yeah, I didn't have to... uh, drag you along for a conversation
2: well thanks for having me i'm always happy to be here you
1: guys i appreciate it
0: cool jen what else is going on in the great big world of just the tips these days
1: all kinds of things we haven't mentioned this on the show yet but we do have two uh tip of the tips classes coming in may may 12th and may 19th that we're partnering ones with canyon and one is with First Integrity Canyon title
0: and First Integrity title, both great companies in the Denver area. Yeah, have asked me to come and uh, teach the tip of the tips, which is kind of a uh, drink from the fire hose deer in the headlights kind of amount of content on our entire coaching program.
1: Yeah, so one of those is May 12th, one is May 19th. Um, And then Social Media Day Denver uh, is Friday, June 23rd at Metro State University. Early bird tickets are on sale right now uh, until May 1st. So you can get, it's the least expensive way to come spend the whole day with us at Metro State. We're going to talk about AI big time this year, which I'm really excited about. We're going to do a whole panel of us talking about how you can be using AI um, instead of being afraid of it, as a lot of people are. Um, side note Has anybody seen the new Snapchat AI?
0: No. Mm. open your Uh snapchat
1: open your snapchat app it has its own AI. okay it is the creepiest of any of the ais i will say that's (laughs) the only one that like makes my skin crawl a little bit but we'll talk about it um we're gonna talk about streaming just like we do on the show every week we're gonna talk about google my business um we have a linkedin speaker coming so full day of social media content uh again early bird tickets on sale through the end of this month and then the price will go up and that is friday june 23rd at metro state thank you to metro state as always, for partnering with us on that one. Um, And then before we know it, because, you know, next week is May somehow, is the Mile High Mastermind, the seventh annual Mile High Mastermind, which that's also insane, is going to be September 29th and 30th. And we partner with the University of Denver on that one. Um, So lots to come on that front. But you can get all things, just the tips, by texting TIPS to 63566. It will give you the links for all
0: the things even for the tip of the tips
1: oh i don't know yeah i was gonna ask you about, about three that
0: this morning it will in minutes. About five minutes <laughs> we're gonna It'll change that minutes. all right so if you're <laughs> local to the colorado front range and you do want to see some really fire hose content on lead gen team structure client retention those kinds of things then yeah pick up one of those uh, free tickets right for tip of the tickets
1: for the 12th and the 19th Both those, those are,
0: free, are yeah. free and then yeah all the other things cool well thank you Devin. thank yeah,
1: you, thank you so we know much.
0: carving out this kind of time on a monday morning is not easy uh but uh, and it seems like you have one or two things going on here on the side so um Just a couple. Um, So yeah, thank you for doing it. And Jen, let's get Devin rebooked for our next available...
1: September of 2024.
0: Yeah, we're... It's hard being popular.
1: (laughs) I understand. 17 months out. We,
0: We do this every week and we are booked 17 months out. So... Okay, that's uh, a whole other animal (laughs) unto itself. Well, thank you, Devin. And for all of you uh, listening or watching live or in syndication, whether you catch our video stream on YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook every Monday at 1030 in the morning, or you are catching us on Apple, Spotify, or Amazon podcast subsequent to these, thank you for doing so. And we will be back next week with another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Until then, have a great week.